0: Coming up
1: on Art Palace. So I'm already all over this. I want to do a Moroccan corn salad. Ooh.
0: Welcome to Art Palace, produced by Cincinnati Art Museum. This is your host, Russell Irig. Here at the Art Palace, we meet cool people and then talk to them about art. Today's cool person is Christian Gill, chef at Boomtown Biscuits and winner of Guy's Grocery Games on Food Network.
1: Did you get this from uh, New Orleans? Yeah, so these are my—it's my new set of skull mala beads from New Orleans. Um, Actually, I got these. I got three sets, uh, but these are the ones I think I like the most, just because. Like mala beads, you know, in Buddhist and Tibetan Buddhism tradition, like for like mantra and and just being able to focus. And so I got the skull mala because it's all about the brain and about finding your center in uh, mm. your thoughts and finding that balance. And there's 108 mala beads, and each one of them basically is like a not a they're almost yeah each one's like a mantra. Like each one is like don't choke anybody today, oh. don't choke anybody today. Is everyone okay? Make biscuits. Everything's going to be fine. Be nice to people. Smile. Remember to smile. Don't choke anyone today. (laughs) Did they burn your green beans? Now choke
0: somebody. Like, it's that (laughs) sort of thing. It's peace and tranquility. That's way deeper than I would have expected. I was just like, cool, skulls. Like, (laughs) spooky. I like it. I have, like, I mean... And then I got the dragon
1: ring just because I like, you know, the Targaryens. Sure,
0: sure. I, I, I don't know. I have
1: to have reasons to wear things because then if I do TV things, they're like, well, what's that for? And if I go...
0: I don't know. I like it. Then they go shallow, and then I, <laughs> and I'm like, ah. I don't. I don't feel like probably. I mean, do you think a lot of television is really like making that sort of deep assessments? I feel like probably the programs themselves are, are rather shallow, right? No, like, they're I mean, not making that. But they ask yeah. you a million questions to yeah. see what they can pull out for content. Well, that's true. Yeah, just yeah. like anything might be. Yeah, like
1: whatever triggers your emotional state. So.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm obsessed with The Bachelor and Bachelorette, and I do a lot of, like, extra reading on the subject. Like, I want to know about, like, how the show is made and things. Nice. And one of the things they would do, they do often, is to get all those reactions from people, is they'll ask them, like, crazy outlandish questions, like... Would you ever uh, want to eat a, a a raw rat? And then the person will be like, "Ooh, gross! Why would you say that?" And then they'll edit that out. And then they have a great then they have a little great soundbite of somebody going ooh gross why would you ever say that and then later when you know trisha or whoever on the show is talking about something else completely unrelated but they want it to make, make it sound dramatic they have the soundbite of somebody going ooh gross why would you ever say that that's, like in those sort of interviews on the side that's that they'll pull out yeah. yeah isn't that great i mean she did say that but she was right. saying it about something totally different to-
1: yeah i was going to say anytime that i've thus far in my you know tumultuous tv things like everything that they've used has been cut pretty much in tandem with the like timeline of the scene or, yeah like, whatever's going on like i haven't seen
0: them use anything out of sequence no real manipulation of like no. super super dodgy stuff but i mean it's probably also because you're, you're not like on something where it's about like it's not, yeah, it's deep not about emotions or like yeah. trying to sh- make create drama where it doesn't necessarily exist. No, you know, the which, food creates drama, so right, that's right. Whether or not you
1: cook the food appropriately creates drama, yeah, yeah, so that's
0: all they care about. You don't have to have like somebody, you know, it's not so much about interpersonal fighting or something no. like that. Which I mean, is occasionally, what, it's you know, yeah, yeah, well, guy told me to do this, I told him he could shut up, the and then like <laughs> and you're like, oh
1: no, and then they show it, and it's like, burr, 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 da, da, da. yeah, occasionally. <laughs> There's occasionally those moments <laughs> where you're like, I didn't want to do that because he said I think the pork and beans are bad and I said they're good. And then we got Raw! like occasionally that happens, but it's over that sort of stuff. The fork goes on the left. No, it doesn't. Son of a. And then there's like, you know, fighting ensues. Oh, my gosh. That's but that's, like that's the extent. reality
0: TV music cue you just did there was like so spot on because <laughs> that is like exactly like there's a lot of sort of like circusy music yes. in reality tvs that like are supposed to tell you like look at this clown you know <laughs> like whenever something's going on you hear like doo, doo, doo.
1: Do, 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 yeah, do, do, just do, the whimsy do, 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 do.
0: like yeah like when somebody's like doing something silly <laughs> 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 <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah somebody you know will that. be like uh you know in a cooking show if they're just like putting like oh they've messed this up royally and so like the person is just going around about their their thing normally because they don't know what they've done so right. they have to put the music under it to make you understand <laughs> like this is pretty funny <laughs> what's was happening was wacky.
1: you see that a lot on like Worst cooks just because none of them know how to cook at the beginning mm. and they'll be like i took this packet of ramen and i Put jello in it. And then it's wah, 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 wah. And, <laughs> and it's just because that person clearly doesn't know how to cook. And really? then, you know, the action, sh- the reaction shot of like Amberell is like, uh, like right th- then then they you know they're producing but other than that i haven't experienced the the bachelor
0: bachelorette lifestyle of tv <laughs> well that's probably for the best it sounds like it's actually terrible to be in in their shoes like i wouldn't envy anyone who actually was on that show so you've probably had a lot better doing the kind of shows you've done i think so yeah yeah um but yeah maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself okay. and uh and what you do So my name is
1: Christian Gill. I'm the executive chef and co-owner of Boomtown Biscuits and Whiskey down on 12th and Broadway in Pendleton. I am the former executive chef of the Cincinnati Art Museum, which is how I had this sweet (laughs) connection. Cool (laughs) hookup. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Um, Let's see. I'm a cancer Leo cusp and I like uh, long walks in the forest. Anyway. How did you get into the, bis- the biscuit biz? How did you get there? How did that start? <laughs> well, that that their biscuit biz. Um, so PJ Newman, who is the other owner of Boomtown, was actually a judge. He was a guest judge for the Arts Wave uh, Food Show campaign uh, at the Art Museum. What? Like three years ago. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And he approached me after it was over because I won the – that's when we were splitting the team. So we had like Baroque era. We had all the different sure. eras of art. And I was on the Baroque team. And I won for best drink, but I didn't win for best uh, food. And PJ approached me after we were done. He's like, hey, man, like we're friends on Facebook, but we've never met in person. I have this idea for a really cool restaurant concept, you know, biscuits. And that's like all he said. And I was like, oh, okay. we'll we'll talk about it. And then literally, what, two years
0: later, biscuits. That's insane. I can't believe anything like like a career move came out of that event. which is insane. <laughs> That's a weird event for there to be a
1: career move after some of the costumes that like we've seen, like yeah. Sean Thompson's like
0: David Bowie and all the other things he's done. Like was that sort of the beginning of like getting sort of television attention and things it was from Boomtown? I can't even remember now. How Actually, you? no. So
1: I the end of my art museum career was when I started getting attention for a couple of different shows. Okay. But I like my transition of leaving the art museum and then starting to work on Boomtown and then being attached to other things. Like I, I did some tour chef uh, gigs for like different music festival things and uh, cooking for different artists and okay. did that sort of thing. But like because I wasn't attached to a physical restaurant because my restaurant wasn't built yet, mm-hmm. I it was harder to get locked in on some of those shows. Like, I spent a year trying to get on a show, like, just interview after interview and Skype interview and, like, you know, cooking and pictures and all this stuff, but because I was not physically attached to a restaurant, they were like, eh... We don't know if you're a real chef or not. It doesn't have, like, the cred of, like, having a restaurant. Because, like, there's so many people that, I guess, in the past have been like, I'm a personal chef. Or, like, I'm a private chef. And then they just make... Green bean casserole. Right, yeah. yeah, And they're like, (laughs) you're a liar. And so then they just wanted to make sure, like, it's a safety net for TV. I get it. So that happened. But then Boomtown still wasn't, like, I got on my first show and Boomtown was not open. Uh, Guy's Big Project actually happened without Boomtown. And then Guy's Grocery Games was just, like... I don't know. Everything just started to build after that. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and then it's just been. I mean, any show that I'm on, I'm like, boom, yeah, biscuits. Because like, I have a restaurant to be like, oh, this is mine. <laughs> I make biscuits, but then like the downside to that is, and everyone's like, do you just make biscuits? Like, you don't right. make anything else? I'm like, no, I make I make a lot of things. Like, I'm a creator.
0: Yeah, I'm a little sad you didn't bring biscuits today because I'm just like really hungry already. <laughs> I'm like sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. I didn't expect you to, but I, uh, I mean, I, I hoped you would, but I didn't expect you <laughs> Russ, but, <laughs> No, no so, I apologize. No, no, I just, I man. So when I start early, I'm like normally fine, like eating a late lunch and I'll go to like one and I'll be like, oh, I guess I should eat, you know? Yeah. Uh, but when I started eight, for some reason, just shifting an hour earlier, I am like, ravenous Starving. by like 11 o'clock and I, I, like at 10 45 I looked down at my watch and i was like, oh, I didn't I don't have a watch what am I talking about I looked at my phone <laughs> and I and I was like I am so hungry already um so I'm, I'm sorry. I, no, mean, I mean, that's I mean, the general I mean, consensus
1: you, whenever I go somewhere. You just is, everyone assumes you'll bring yeah. biscuits. They're like, you bring biscuits. So like, you got them, I, right? You got them biscuits right now. <laughs> Where them biscuits at? And I'm like, is that a form of currency for you guys? <laughs> well,
0: I'll let you into this
1: VIP area. If you had some biscuits, and I'm like, is that what I need? Like,
0: so, so. Is, is biscuits something you had like any kind of, uh, I don't know, emotional attachment to, or is this a silly question? No, no. I grew up, so I grew up making biscuits
1: with my grandmother and my mom Mm. and my, my grandmother taught me how to make biscuits. Yeah. So like it it was definitely a part of my childhood and it was a major part of my childhood. I grew up in Lexington, Kentucky Mm. and most of my family's from like South Georgia and then Western Kentucky. So like, like the South is like you know, ingrained in my cooking skills. So it was a lot of biscuits and a lot of, of Southern cooking. So it came natural to like create an elevated comfort food menu uh, at Boomtown. But yeah, so it's, it's not a, it's not just like a passing fancy.
0: Yeah. I remember the first time I went, I, I, I was going to get one thing that was like mostly biscuit centric. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I changed my mind because I was like, I don't know. Biscuits are pretty like intense, really. Like, you know, if you if you like eat a lot of them, I remember going to a restaurant uh, once that had all you can eat biscuits and gravy. And oh I was my. like, let's do this. And uh, I realized I can't eat that many biscuits no. because like you get a you get like one in there and you're like yeah, I feel pretty good, but I will say I feel like your biscuits are not that kind of they don't feel quite as heavy and is like dense as like some biscuits that just I feel like uh I'm I've just eaten a a brick Yeah You know like no, Where it just like, sits it. So so actually after I ate I was like Oh I could have totally done The whole like Biscuit meal basically yeah. Because uh, <laughs> The biscuit special I don't know um, the, the whole uh, biscuit special whole, <laughs> I don't know what it was called um, But uh, I, I'm like I could have really Actually done that With yeah. these biscuits Because they're actually Light enough That they wouldn't have Just made me feel like Heavy and sad Like uh, I shouldn't have done right, that Right right Like yeah. I well, feel like the, every time I eat pancakes That's how I feel Basically I, Agree on the pancakes. Like every like, time I eat pancakes, it's like waffles too. You're just like, why did I do this? <laughs> like you're like, I'll take a stack of
1: three, yeah, and then yeah. they're the size of the plate. And oh, you're like, totally. I'm like, I'm good. And then you're like, halfway through, you're like, I must finish. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now our biscuits are. Um, so after I don't know, honestly, dude, like 300 iterations. Really? Yeah, I'm like a biscuit sommelier now because like, it's just like I just. I bite a biscuit and then spit it out. I'm like, that one's good. Like it's, <laughs> it's just there are so many different variations that we did, and the one we finally came up with, it's all about the ingredients. Like, yeah, better ingredients, better biscuits. Boom town. <laughs> <laughs> so you just made up your, uh, a new tagline there. I, just, I mean, I just took the one from Papa John's and made it better. Is what I did. <laughs> I will risk it for the biscuit, all right? Dang it. But yeah, no. So, the better, like, we just use, we use high-quality ingredients. We use soft wheat flour. It's real, I mean, it's like chef nerd complicated, but it's it's fun. Like, soft wheat flour is literally a flour that yields a lighter gluten development than regular flour does or pizza flour. So, like... That's why the biscuits are so fluffy. That's mm. also why it allows us to like make them so layered and use different lamination mm-hmm. techniques, just because that flour allows us to not develop as much gluten. So it's not sticky, it's not as heavy, it's mm-hmm. not as chalky. So I'm real happy with them. You're a real biscuit scientist. I had to be in order to open biscuit restaurant. So <laughs>
0: dang it. I kind of noticed you have this sort of uh, San Francisco Gold Rush kind of oh eighteen forty
1: niners yeah vibe. yeah yeah
0: yeah like what's that what where did that come from where did that sort of idea happen so that's all P J Newman the other owner he uh, his big thing is like
1: creating an experience and creating a brand like he's a he's definitely a cocktail and spirit sort of guy mm-hmm. but creating a brand that's memorable that is immersive throughout the entirety of. Uh, your experience in a place and specifically a restaurant. And so the 1840, 1850s gold rush um, really isn't something that's talked about a lot. It's not something that's explored a lot. Like you get it in Westerns occasionally, like you'll have some prospector paying for gold, but that's the story he wanted to tell. And it created kind of a challenge because I had to... I had to research like actual journal entries and logs hmm. of like people that lived back in the 1850s, 1849, 1850s uh on the west coast and like the just the frontier and the Oregon Trail like not the game but the actual trail and like <laughs> I had to actually do a legitimate amount of research to figure out what it was that they ate because when we opened I wanted to be as uh pay as much homage to that experience as possible. So there are things that are still on our menu that are reflective of the times and like what they ate, what they, what they drank. Uh, the types of like our kale salad right now has mm-hmm. a tomato vinaigrette on it. That's where Western and French dressing actually comes from is they would make a tomato vinegar and then just reinforce it out West. And like the all you can eat buffet actually started in, out west in like Chinese mining camps. They oh, really? wanted to get, yeah, because the mining camps were so segregated right. and they wanted to make money. So then they would open these chow halls. You get one plate, you pay one price, and you could just eat all day. It was hmm. all you can eat. And so that's like the first American all you can eat Chinese buffet was during the 1850s. Wow. Because of racism. But, it's, right. <laughs> but like, there's just all these things that came out of that. And so. Like, I tried to explore those different avenues to create a cohesive brunch menu. That's why, like, our shrimp and grits is, like, a Thai inspiration to it with our coconut chili gravy, the lemongrass sauce that's on the shrimp. Like,
0: you know, try to actually chef and not just be like,
1: biscuits.
0: <laughs> if you haven't gone, it's, it's a great experience because of that. Like, I think you... Th- it does sound like maybe you're, it's going to be a little simpler than it is. And then when you get there, you're like, Oh no, there's like a lot of options here and that you really can have something like you're saying Thai influenced biscuits and gravy does not, you know, that's not necessarily what people might expect when they walk in the door. Not even a little bit. And then we
1: also make different gravies uh, every week, every, we make different jams, jellies and pickles every Mm -hmm. week. So that's where uh, myself and my chef de cuisine, are really able to like express ourselves culinarily Mm -hmm. is by making those different pickles, jams, jellies. Like we have a pickle program, um, We are working on developing uh, canning classes, canning and jamming classes and then also biscuit classes as well. So like we we do a lot for just being a biscuit brunch restaurant (laughs) and it's funny because like people come in and like we'll put elaborate specials together and not even like so complex that they would be considered fine dining. We just like we'll build cool flavor profiles and people come in and they just want the chicken biscuit sandwich with the cheddar cheese and the gravy (laughs) and the bacon and they're just like so you're like our service like, oh we have this really cool rabbit special this week or we have this awesome salad and people are like yukon and they're, they're <laughs> like oh like you want the chickens i am like yeah just bring me a yukon that's all i want I'm like yukon and then you're just like well hold on like we've had this really cool gravy yukon and i'm like all right fine so like there's there's something for everyone on our menu right, we'll right. <laughs>
0: yukon <laughs>
1: It's literally what people do. Like, people will sit down and just scream Yukon at you. Scream (laughs) Yukon. Like, or like, I'll go to the table and I'm like, how's everything today? I'll see, like, one person with the special. I'm like, how's the special? I was good, but I had some of that Yukon. And I'm like, "Uh, okay, I get it. What is the Yukon for those who don't know? That is our buttermilk biscuit with buttermilk brine fried chicken, maple smoked cheddar, um, (laughs) applewood smoked bacon, and then our sawmill sausage gravy. All right, so it's a it is a meal in a sandwich. We call it a pick and shovel sandwich because it's like you have to actually like break it down with a fork right, and a knife. Right. So, and that's like our most popular thing. And mm. then we also have a vegan and vegetarian option called the Organ Trail. It won't give you dysentery. <laughs> uh, no one's fording the river today. <laughs> Uh, That is our, like, our fried sweet potato hash uh, with a Korean bulgogi sauce, uh, fried kale, sautéed poblano peppers, onions and Brussels sprouts, carrots, and it's pretty dank. It's kind of like a sweet potato Korean bibimbap okay that's that's for anybody that likes korean food mm-hmm. that's basically what that is but those are our two most popular options besides just biscuits and gravy
0: well uh before we go out to the galleries is there anything else we should know about uh boomtown biscuits or anything else you got going on right now i mean i'm working
1: on a second restaurant uh oh, concept nice. right now for cincinnati so it's about time can't say what it is yet uh, but uh it's coming okay. so you know you guys really like uh like you know food <laughs> <laughs> If you
0: eat. <laughs> if you eat. <laughs> um, if you like to eat, uh, come on down. Keep your mouths ready. I don't know. <laughs> Hold your fork and your knife <laughs> at the
1: ready, because yeah. load it coming. <laughs> so, working on that. Uh, working on some cool... Uh, other things maybe in some other various
0: forms of media as well. So there's a lot A, lot, a lot of stuff you can't on. actually talk about. Yeah, a lot of things I can
1: just tease. I can okay. just you know, cool. enticing.
0: So Well, awesome. Well, um I thought we would go out to the galleries and my idea was that we could come up with and by we i mean you cuz i'm not going to do this uh, you're you're much better at this um basically come up with sort of uh, what would be an appropriate meal to pair with a work of art sort no. of like what's awesome. what's the what's this taste like basically this art tastes like duck all right cool yeah, let's do yeah it. What, do, what do you so uh, let's go let's go out to the galleries what up All right, we are now in Gallery Two Eleven, and uh, this is American art, uh, mostly all sort of twentieth-century art. I'm probably all twentieth-century art. I'm just saying that to cover my tracks in case there's something in here from like 1899, <laughs> but it's all very, it's all like early twentieth century. Uh, so we are going to look at these artworks, and what I want you to do is to kind of create what you think would be a good meal pairing with them you know gotcha. what would be a good what would be a good dish or, or, or what are the flavors it kind of brings out if you don't want to be that specific that's fine if you want to check uh, the links on the show notes um, on the podcast description I'll include links to these paintings uh, wherever I can a lot of them are under copyright but we might have sort of uh, approved versions on our website so um, I'll include links to whatever paintings that we talk about that uh, we Are allowed to reproduce, Um, and actually, we're already facing a piece that I think would be a good starting point. Uh, We're looking at Georgia O'Keeffe's "My Backyard," and uh, I feel like this has some real, like, specific directions it could go. Um, So, where does it take you immediately? So, just
1: from the name of the piece and then the brightness of the piece, I would like to go with a salad. Oh. oh, so my backyard. So I'm automatically thinking garden in the backyard. Okay. And then there's, I'm assuming those are, those are hills or mountains, mountainous region behind the yeah, yard. Yeah.
0: yeah. So she's, uh, lives in, uh, Santa Fe area. Okay, so, so yeah. um, so yeah, so this is uh sort of big kind of deserty mountains. Yeah. So then I like, you've got a little bit of, this, I don't know,
1: pastel reds. Mm-hmm. Pinks and then the uh, the like golden yellow from uh, that canvasy mm-hmm. Santa Fe area. So I'm thinking like a panzanella salad. So like stale focaccia, breadcrumbs, uh, large croutons, and then heirloom tomatoes. Just because you've got the reds, the yellows, and the greens. So mm-hmm. it'd be really cool to have heirloom tomatoes. And I'd probably do a watermelon vinaigrette. Ooh, um, with that that chunks kind of, of grilled pink, watermelon,
0: pinky color. Yeah, because
1: there's like lots of pink there. So that's
0: interesting. That's like I, I wouldn't have taken it in that direction, maybe, because of just but thinking about that and like the foods. It kind of makes you think of even the now that you say watermelon, the pink and the green of this make yeah. me kind of go to watermelon too. It's, and
1: then the the little smattering of uh, the the desert brush, yeah, Santa Fe brush uh, along the mountain line. That makes me think so uh, fresh herbs. Like oh, I, would, okay. I would probably do like curly parsley, sage, and thyme, but I'd fry all of those herbs. So coarse chop, fry, and then garnish the salad with that and the watermelon vinaigrette. What, what's the frying do? Uh, the frying just adds a different texture to the herbs because okay. you're going to have kind of a wet salad from the tomatoes, uh, the watermelon vinaigrette, and of course uh, chunks of grilled watermelon. So having the fresh uh, fried herbs just adds texture and brings out just a different flavor component to those herbs as well. Because okay. sometimes sage can be kind of bitter. Hmm. If you use too much sage as mm-hmm. well as thyme, like you yeah, know you got all the time in the world, but you get real bitter uh so if you fry those components, it just brings out a bright and sweet crisp flavor profile to those things so
0: all right that's yeah. that's my backyard there it is. The My Backyard Salad from Christian. All right. Well, let's go over to... This is probably one of the most fam- famous paintings in the museum, and it's kind of insane that I don't think I've ever talked about it in this podcast really? ever. Yeah. I don't. Th- it's been on loan a lot while, while we've been doing it, so gotcha. it's probably... There's been a lot of times where, oh, this would be perfect, but uh, it was off view, or we just didn't have the right topic to bring it up. So we might even talk about it more in depth in a future episode, but this is uh, Daughters of Revolution by Grant Wood, a famous for American Gothic. Nope. Um, so uh, this one, I'm kind of curious where you're going to take, because it doesn't necessarily, it, it doesn't strike me as, as uh, appetizing as the last painting.
1: <laughs> I, it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> this painting, the colors are not, they don't pop as much. It's not quite the range or expansive colors either. Mm-hmm.
0: Um But it's a very, it's, and it it feels, I mean, both subject matter wise too, um, and kind of palate, it's much more kind of conservative. It's very conservative. These ladies,
1: uh, look like they probably make the same roast, uh, every day of the week (laughs) (laughs) and for the, for their very, very, very lazy husbands. Um, Mm. but they're holding the teacup, which is definitely, oriental in design.
0: Yeah. It's like a pretty famous, uh, China pattern on that cup. It's like the blue willow design, um, which is a little bit of the irony of this painting. It's kind of, I mean, if you know some background about the painting, Grant Wood had been commissioned to do some project in a church. It was a stained glass window. Um, he had been, uh, commissioned to design. There was like a German manufacturer and the local, uh, DAR, uh, Objected to it and made a big stink about ha- hiring Germans um, at the time to to produce this window. Um, so he's sort of making fun of their supposed patriotism okay. and, and sort of the, so so the sort of Chinese design is kind of an, a little small detail that's also poking fun of their these supposedly deeply patriotic women. So so
1: then you know what I'm going to do then, just from that the background that you just gave me mm-hmm. and these women being so smug, I'm going to you know further expand that these very smug women then made a kobe beef uh teriyaki burger so the american cheeseburger okay. but they used kobe beef made a teriyaki sauce and of course they topped it with uh, uh gouda <laughs> <laughs> a dutch cheese a dutch cheese <laughs> yeah so then we're going to go with a kobe beef burger Cheeseburger. Okay. Um, teriyaki
0: glaze. Ooh, it should be on like a Kaiser roll.
1: <laughs> yes. It's, we're doing this together. I okay, like this. Okay, uh, okay. On a Kaiser roll. I was roll. trying to think
0: of something German for that was, you no, there. Was, that was great. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah.
1: Um, we're, of course, going to use a stone ground... Uh, German mustard as well. Oh, we're going to use a, You know what? We're not even a stone ground mustard. We're going to use a Dusseldorf mustard because that's one of my favorite mustards
0: ever. Nice. Yeah, nice. That's great. Yeah, that's perfect. And yeah, so the painting behind them, the, this painting of Washington crossing the Delaware that they have like a print of, uh, that's, uh, framed behind their heads here is, uh, also painted by Emanuel Lutz, who is a German artist who painted probably one of the most <laughs> famous American <laughs> iconic paintings ever, but he's actually German. So it was, another little, uh, little ironic twist. Say, to the this irony painting is yeah. killing
1: me inside.
0: Yeah. yeah. Nice. I love this painting. It's so snarky. Isn't it, it is.
1: And we just have a snarky burger for it. That's too, right. so great.
0: That's great. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good choice. Okay. I like so I feel like this one, man, I don't know. Maybe this is a bad choice, but this is a great choice. You think so? Okay. Yeah. All right. So this is, uh, Henry Teal, um, a, a portrait of Henry Teal. You could call it, uh, by Andrew Wyeth and, uh, It's a very, I was thinking it might be a bad choice just because I feel like it's kind of a bummer of a painting, you know, like it doesn't, it's very, it's very sad and kind of isolated looking, but, um, it also has a a real, um, location connection to, uh, which is Maine, which is where this is, is, is taking place. And I kind of feel like even though it's all interior, you get a sense of that place very much from this painting. And even
1: like with him looking outside and you have Mm -hmm. just a
0: little bit of the landscape outside that you can see in
1: like him being the only resident of Teal's Island. And it's just, it's a very sad painting, but I feel like he needs happy food. Mm. Um, So you're going to try to cheer him up with your menu. I'm going to try to cheer him up with a menu. Okay. Uh, Also we're in Maine. So we're going to go for rock lobster. Um, that's just been baked. So split and baked rock lobster, And honestly, just some biscuits. I know. Oh, you had to. (laughs) I had to. Because like he just looks so sad. And Mm -hmm. even though I'm trying to cheer him up with a lobster, but he's probably like, I can get a lobster all day long. So it's probably not really that, you know, it's not that illustrious to give him lobster. Mm -hmm. But, you know, a simple rock lobster meal, split, baked, a little bit of butter, um, couple of fresh herbs, just parsley, oregano, and then a side of biscuits just to sop up some of the sauce with. That's that's kind of it because, I mean, the simplicity of the single chair at his table, like the cracked door, just the gray color palette, like uh this man... He doesn't look that upset and lonely though. No, no, he, he looks doesn't, content yeah. to be isolated mm-hmm. by himself. And obviously, the other chair from the table he's using, he's got up against yep. the window. Uh, so maybe at one point in time there was a Mrs. and she's gone now. Yeah, that's what we can infer. And she used to make him rock lobster with biscuits.
0: <laughs> well, I like that you kept it sim- like use the sort of simplicity of the the painting to sort of. Make a, a simple meal, but I'll, I'll be honest. It's make like I started this episode hungry, and it's not getting better. You're uh, welcome. Uh, this, that that, that like <laughs> one especially like as you were describing, I'm like oh my god, this sounds amazing. I want to eat that um, too. But,
1: but for him, it's it's so simple, like. <laughs> simply Henry Teal.
0: I don't think we'll do every painting in this gallery unless Why you want not? I mean unless you really want to do this one. I was going to skip this one. That's um, fine. We can So this one is uh The Old Folks, Old Mother folks. and Father by John Stuart Curry. What do you think? Well, I see the uh I see the farm in the background I see the cattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they
1: have the small dog that's inside with them. He's got his overalls on, but it looks like he has his nice shoes on probably because they're sitting in the uh, In the sitting room. Mm. Um, There's the old phone on the the wall, the top left. Yeah, yeah. The message above it. So this just kind of says, honestly, this is like just country, just farmland Americana. So I'm thinking a farm to table meal. So a fresh cut hanger steak, Mm. uh, potatoes, Mm -hmm. and then a sweet potato and carrot mash puree. Ooh. So, and the reason that we did that is because we have those hard-boiled potatoes with the steak. So, we did steak and potatoes, but then we're going to take the carrots and elevate those. Just because there's a lot of browns and a touch of orange number mm-hmm. in this painting. Mm-hmm. So, I'm thinking something a little bit warmer, uh, a little bit of cinnamon in there. Maybe she makes, you know, sweet potato carrot mash as a dessert, but he wants it for dinner. And so, <laughs> we've got that on the plate. And then just for a little bit of green, thinking broccoli. But we're going to do... Uh, Going to do garlic roasted broccoli florets uh, and just a touch of hollandaise.
0: Oh, yeah. wow. No, yeah, you pulled that out. That was great. Uh, I mean, like
1: this painting doesn't, it definitely inspires more of, like I said, like an Americana continental steak and potato sort of meal. It's not quite as simple as uh, old Henry Teal down there as lobster mm-hmm. and biscuits, but it's very pleasant outside. The cloud, the rolling clouds, uh, you can see off in the distance the uh, the, the path, like they're, they're laying down to the farm and a couple of cattle grazing outside of the, mm-hmm. the fence over there. Like it just seems like it's a pretty happy painting. They seem very content, even though they're not talking to each other. And he's looking outside, kind of like, I wish he'd hurry up and knit this scarf for me. <laughs> but like it just seems very, very much an Americana. Americana painting that needs an Americana
0: meal. Yeah, totally. Well, it is an American gallery, so... (laughs) We're in American gallery. (laughs) It makes sense that we're kind of hitting a lot of American topics with this. Um, Even though, I mean, you know, the daughters of the... uh
1: Uh, the, the, the bitter smug ladies of the revolution, they did have a Kobe beef burger. So
0: now I'm worried this one also might be in that range of like too obvious since it it literally depicts a meal, um, that it's like, maybe I'm not giving you enough to interpret, but this is Christmas morning breakfast by Horace Pippin. Um, and so this, he's a sort of self-taught artist. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, this is sort of, depicting kind of one of his memories basically of childhood and t- and you know we do have some food in the picture which is the uh those pancakes we were discussing earlier <laughs> yeah yep. so what would you make uh how would you reimagine this as an actual meal okay so i see the wood burning stove off to the left
1: mm-hmm. tea kettle and then an additional kettle and a, and what looks like a cast iron skillet
0: um, yeah, we were actually just talking about these, what was on the stove. I was trying to decide if this is like an old coffee maker, the green, that's
1: kind of what it looks like.
0: Yeah. The shape of it reminds me of like an old coffee maker and it would make sense that it's on top of the stove right. for that reason too. Because, but with because the there's a next teapot next to it. Next yeah, to it yeah. So
1: I think that's what that is. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking of sticking with the pancake but instead, we're going to do a cast-iron Dutch Baby pancake. Ooh! So Dutch Baby, for those of you all that don't know, that is a pancake where we heat up uh, butter in a very hot skillet, and then we pour pancake batter into the hot skillet, and then put the pancake batter skillet into the oven. We bake that for about seven to eight minutes. Uh, and what and what comes out of the oven is a very fluffy, very light um pancake souffle of sorts so a dutch baby pancake it's christmas morning you know what we're gonna put uh chunks of bacon scrambled egg and then also some fresh sliced tomatoes on there Uh, just because it is new york and you know they would be able to get tomatoes at all points in time in the season all right yeah we're gonna do that and then just a little bit of maple syrup not even
0: anything special with that okay all right well Let's see. I won't make you make an O-doll. Uh <laughs> No. Yeah, I feel like we'll skip. We'll skip that one. That one seems like a little, little tricky. That's we. I mean, we could do a we could do a cocktail instead of doing a. <laughs> that's true. You want to develop a cocktail a that's based a on cocktail? a like a mouthwash.
1: So let's go. our like real simple. Let's do an elderflower and. Bitters infused gin cocktail Mm. um, with a little bit of champagne. Ooh. And then we're going to express lemon and then garnish with fresh mint and a
0: dash of cayenne pepper. Nice. On the menu it has to say it purifies. It purifies. (laughs) Oh no. It purifies. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that wasn't that hard. I no, mean, no, we, no, got, no. we got a
1: beverage in there. Yeah, that's good. Uh, that's that's a, good. It's a complex. It's good to mix it up.
0: I'm going to keep it just to the paintings. Check, I it up, like. check it up, check it up. So this is one I was saying. Um, I didn't necessarily want to... I, I was worried it was a little too on the nose because it's literally <laughs> like food. And, and Fruits and vegetables. Right. So it's called fruits and vegetables. But I mean, you know, hey, maybe it's great. I mean, one of the things that this painting has... Different. This is by Jacob Lawrence, I should have said. Um, and one of the things that separates it, I think, from a lot of the other paintings in this room is that it's like so much more colorful It is, and so much more vibrant. So, I mean, maybe that could be taking you somewhere that um, apart from just the subject matter, but, uh, you know... So
1: I'm already all over this. I want to do a Moroccan corn salad. Um, I see what looks to be like butternut squash over Mm -hmm. on the left side, um, underneath the scale. I see corn over on the far right. Uh, I think she's weighing potatoes. So Moroccan corn salad. We're going to have figs, fresh figs, dried dates, corn, corn. Uh, that's been sauteed over an open flame with uh, pieces of roasted butternut squash. Uh, we're going to throw in uh, some, hmm, clove, cayenne, allspice, and then definitely tamarind, and then like some curry powder. Uh, and then we're going to use Fresno peppers on the garnish just so that it gives us some more color pop and then for the green i think i see like she's got green plantains over there like unripened bananas or green plantains and then so there's some fresh lime down there so we're actually gonna do candied lime peel as well so Mm. the salad is gonna be super super spice rich um not not very salty. Not very, you know, not salty. Not super sweet. Uh, the sweetness coming from the corn and the squash, but then a little bit of spice from that Fresno pepper, and then also the spices that we have in the dish. And I just kind of see all of that just from not only the ethnicity of the people in the painting, uh, it's my people, but uh, <laughs> but also just the the colors. Like and and when I think of an open air market, um, fruit and vegetable market, I. I think of a spice market in Morocco from this painting as well. Hmm. So there's some cross interpretation of both like Americana, you know, fruit and vegetable market, and then also like the spice markets of Morocco. So
0: I, I see a lot going on here and that's what I want to do. It's nice. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Christian, for doing this and uh, for. I'm I'm never going to look at these paintings the same way. I'm going to suddenly my stomach's going to start growling every Whenever time I walk through. Here. Nice. Thanks for having me, the Russell. The sense memory of this uh, this mm. moment, especially Henry Tail. I'm going to think about biscuits and lobster always. Like I, as soon as we went <laughs> up to that painting, I was like lobster.
1: Was like, lobster, <laughs> lobster or like try the gray stuff. It's delicious from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> it's one of those two things.
0: I think you made the better choice. Uh, I think I did too. Yeah, I, I think like, Disney's got that on lockdown. I like, think they do. Their lawyers would come like knocking on our doors for just even mentioning I mean, it I used to work at Disney, so the microchip <gasps> turned on. So oh it's it's my twitching my already. gosh. Okay. This That's, was the thing I have failed is by we could have just made this podcast. Okay. This last one last note is that I remember probably when I started working here. Like I don't even, I don't think I had, and when, when did you start working here? I started working here in 2013. Okay, so like we started. February, March. Okay, we must have started like right around the same time. Because yeah. I started in like April of yeah. 2013. So I remember going to special events meetings where we started actually in putting a time into the meeting to let you just tell stories about working at Disney. Yes, I remember that remember because that. Because we were just like, okay, it's time for Christian's Disney stories, and they were amazing. Those nightmares of work. Oh, I
1: I don't... I miss those days just because they've made me who I am. Like I have a yeah. lot of patience now, yeah. and I can smile a lot longer than I used to be able to, but like... Oh, man, the, story, the all the stories. All the stories that no one's going to get on the podcast. I know,
0: I know. They were so, so delicious. And as a person who both, like, loves theme parks and also loves hearing about, like, weird, <laughs> like, sort of dark sides of things and, like, sort of the darkness underneath, the like... The darkness of Disney. The happiest place on Earth. Oh, man, nothing made me happier than hearing these stories. The unhappiest place on Earth. <laughs> it was good, though. It was a
1: fun time. I rem- I remember that, though. Like, we should... Oh, we should get the special events crew together. They'll be like, who is this Yahoo that came in here with purple hair? He doesn't
0: work here anymore. We don't want to hear anything Why about him. Why is he him. telling
1: us about, like,
0: esc- escorting Johnny Depp around Disneyland? Why is
1: he talking about the Bill Cosby for We don't want to hear that. <laughs> damaged people. All right. Well, thank you so much,
0: Christian. Of course, Russell. Thank you for listening to Art Palace. We hope you'll be inspired to come visit the Cincinnati Art Museum and have your own conversations about the art. General admission to the museum is always free, and we also offer free parking. Special exhibitions on view right now are Kimono, Refashioning Contemporary Style, and No Spectators, The Art of Burning Man. Join us on August 25th at 3 p.m. for a free gallery experience on radical self-expression with artist and previous podcast guest Pam Kravitz. Pam will talk about her current installation and other ways she radically expresses herself. For program reservation and more information, visit cincinnatiartmuseum.org. You can follow the museum on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and also join our Art Palace Facebook group. Our theme song is Au Musical" Musicale by Bacalau. And if you enjoyed the show, why not leave us a nice review or rating? Or you can also take the survey, which helps us learn more about our listeners, at cincinnatiartmuseum.org slash podcast. I'm Russell Eyrig, and this has been Art Palace, produced by the Cincinnati Art Museum.